Oh, mate, I've had a full day at SeaWorld today. Oh, SeaWorld. Oh, how did Peps like it? Yeah, no, she, it was good. She loved it. Like, she yeah. was frothing. Oh, that's good. All the animals <laughs> and stuff. But one thing that should be absolutely fucking illegal is having the gift shop as an exit. So you have oh, to go through the yeah. gift shop to get out of the fucking place. Yeah. And mate, then the kids would just like run a mark if they don't get something on the way out. Mate, it's the worst. It's You spend more time arguing with her about how she's not allowed the fucking big blow up uh, polar bear or the stuffed fucking dolphin <laughs> than you do actually in the theme park. It's a nightmare. Oh, it's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> Hello, handsome. You care for a rub down? I need all of you to stop. What you're doing and listen. Something special is about to happen. Are you waiting to receive my lift penis? Very around. Yeah, g'day rubbers. Welcome back to the weekly rub down, a podcast that rubs down everything NRL Supercoach Draft. You're listening to the 2RF Rub Down. I'm your host, Natty. And with me, as always, riding shotgun in the rub mobile is the stats wizard himself. Look at the weekle. Weasel, what's going on, mate? The weekle. The weekle, uh, the weasel. No. The weak weasel. Weekly, I think I was yeah. going to say weak weasel. That actually does. Yeah. Look at the weak weasel. It would have been. Even, it it would have been. Even when I fuck up, gold out of my mouth. The golden tonsils. Mate, you've just got diarrhea coming out of your mouth entirely at random. Okay. Um, no, it's good to, good to be here. Um, wiping the sleep sleep off my eyes after the front row forward sleep it on. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, it was. Look, it's and obviously a lot changed with um, just after we released the fucking pod. Murphy's Law. Um, Kapow got announced at the Broncos. So yep. the the Flegler call. Yeah. Um, dream. He's it doesn't dead. change too much, so we were hoping um, somewhere upwards of uh, high high fifties or sixty. I think it just brings him back to earth a little bit. Fifty is more than achievable. There's enough minutes to share um, for that, but yeah, it's um, it does put a bit of a spanner in the works. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, not as sexy as it was starting to turn out to be for um, no. for Flegler, but anyway, it is what it is. You, I, I blame you. You willed that into existence. I did, yep. I did. And look, to be honest, as a Broncos fan, it's a great pickup. Yeah, and it is good a, for the Broncos. It, it's a really good move for um, Kapow as well because uh, I think this could get his career back on track. Yep, yep, nice. It might it might end up being his last, last club. He's, he's, he he's 33. Yeah, he is a lot. Longer in the tooth than I thought he was. Mm. Probably still deadlifting 400 kilos in the gym, but yeah, he's oh, yeah. he's an old boy. He's yeah, he's probably only got this season, maybe another one. Um, mm. But it's only a one year contract, isn't it? It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. So, so it they'll be, they'll fill it season. out and look with Palacio going next season. Like I, I feel like they may want to keep him on, but obviously at a bit of a reduced salary. We'll see what happens. They might just use him t- as just a, a buffer for those big boys like Haas and Flegley. Like he might only play like. 30, 35 minutes, you know what I mean? Just yeah. to give those boys a rest. But hopefully, like, that reduced minutes might get a bit more quality out of him. His so he might, yeah, his PPM might be might be through the roof. So he might be one, a, a bit of a sneaky option. Put in your watch list um, as a bit of a waiver option um, um, mid-rounds. Even your last pick, have a go at it. Just, yeah. yeah, with your, you know, with your 17th pick, pick him up, see what he's like at the Broncos, see what sort of rotation, what sort of minutes, what sort of PPM he's got. If it doesn't work, just flick him. Yeah. It hasn't really worked out for him at the at, at Manly the last couple of seasons because there's obviously been a bit of a changing of the guard there. 
Um, they're, yeah. they're banking on a lot of the young guys coming through, like Pasaka and Co. But yeah, um, I, I, I like the I like the idea. I like the cut of his jib. Um, yeah, good, for, good for real life footy for the Broncos. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yep. All right, well, I've been at SeaWorld all day, so I need Oof. one of these. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Theme parks are different when you got a kid, bro. I'm telling you. Oh yeah. It's next level. It is fucking next level. Yeah, well, apparently they corral you through the um, the gift shop on the way out, you were Dis- telling me. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it, oh, is this the exit? No. Oh, the gift shop's the ex- exit. Uh-huh. Right. Right. You cunts. You a nice, a nice, cunts. A nice little unexpected 50 bucks on the way out. Thank oh, you for coming. Mate. Yep. Just oh, get man. it. Just get whatever. Yep. The dolphin. Yep. The big, the, yep. The oversized fluffy dolphin. Grab it. Yep. We've, yep. Got, we've got nowhere to put it, but yes, grab it. 79.99. I don't care. Put, yep. Let's go. Oh, I just want to get out of here. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, anyway, she enjoyed herself. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some listener league chat. So, as always, we're going to read out a sledge. If you don't know what we're talking about, we've got the 2023 uh, weekly rubdown listener league up and running. For your chance to get into this league, you have to leave a five star sledge. Best sledges get a spot. Most savage mm-hmm. sledges, the ones that make us giggle, the ones that make us cry, the ones that leave a burn mark. So yeah. there's been a few good ones already. There's been a good few few ones come through that I'm like, yeah, okay, all right. Could be shortlisted, could be shortlisted. Yeah. All right. So as always, Wookie, you haven't looked at these or read them no. or whatever. So, all right. This one is called Kings of Dribble, five stars. These podcasts are one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. At no point during Natty's and Wookie's, Wookie's rambling, Incoherent so-called analysis. Are they even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone who turns in tunes into this dribble is now dumber for listening to these two. I award you five stars, and may God have mercy on your soul. Oh, clever! Flames of Billy Madison. I love yep. it. Yeah, that's so nice. good. Nice, nice, yep. nice. I, I'm, I'm all about that one. That's nice. It does hurt though. Yeah, the dribble. The dribble's real. It is real. All right, so let's before we get into the two halves, I just wanted to talk about um, a couple of things that keep coming up in comments and DMs. The first one is the new rule, uh, the new NRL rule, which is defenders need to have both feet behind the goal line when defending their goal line, um, not yep. just one. So mm-hmm. a lot of guys have gotten contact with us talking about like who is this going to benefit, um, and you know we're talking oh, about Harry right. Grant, Cheese, um, Jaden Braley. All these hookers that are a dangerous close, like uh, Reese Robson as well. Mm. And now it's hard to sort of put a yay or nay to it because we haven't seen the rule um, in general in play. Yeah. But I will say one guy that I think it will 100% benefit is, is Harry Grant. And we talked about Harry mm. Grant in the hooker podcast where we were like, they actually have designed plays for Harry to either set up blokes um, off the A defender coming out of dummy half or to go himself. It's it's part of their attack, him being um, an attacking hooker close to the line. So I think I think he will definitely benefit. And it's going to be interesting because we're going to talk about a guy here in 2RF that we've got ranked 10th. But maybe this, this new rule pushes Harry Grant up into that 10th spot um, for your top mm. 10 picks just because yeah. of how this may... Increase his chances and likelihood of you know try assist and tries. Uh, but what do you think about this rule? Who do you think it's going to benefit, bro? 
I think it's both hookers um, as well as um, some of the big big boppers, mm. some of the forwards, because they're yep. obviously not going to have the line speed to get out. Yeah, it's that half a step that they're going to miss out on. Royce Hunt. And yeah, no guys like Royce Hunt, oh, guys like Nas, guys like um, well, even even in the second round, Dan Saifidi. Uh, Saifidi, Mm. Um, guys like Bateman as well, who are are really good attacking runners. Um, Same with Isaiah Papali'i. Because you're half a step slower, aren't you? Well, you're not just half a step slower, so you're not having the line speed, but you're also also having a hold back, which gives them the opportunity just to kind of push your momentum over the line. Um, I I really do think that um, front row forwards, uh, second rowers and hookers mostly are going to benefit from this. And... Mm. Yeah, Reese Robson as well because he he is an absolute chalk sniffer. He's a fiend, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he he loves the white gear. Um, so him and Harry Grant, one hundred percent. A lot of people saying cheese. Now it just all depends on how the Roosters want cheese to play because they've got so many weapons across the park. I'm sure they're not going to want cheese to scoot every single set that he's close to the line. Do you know what I mean? Like. I don't think Robbo is going to have that. In a, in, in a good way, but I don't think Robbo will stand for it, like you said. No, exactly. So in like I think it will help him a little bit, but Harry Grant's the number one because not only have mm, you got his ability yeah. to skip out a dummy half and score tries himself, but the way that he brings the defenders in and then short ball off the hip to some of these big boys running stri- straight lines, pff, that's where it's going to come into play. So really do like that rule for Harry Grant, and it's... Mate, it's something that you and I are going to have to talk about with this 10th spot. And as we go through these positions, this 10th spot, there's two, three, four, more guys and more guys that we're talking about that could make it into this top 10. So that sort of eight to maybe pick 13, any of them can go at, at any spot. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's a nice log jam. So in saying that, like if you don't get those top picks and you have – the ability to pick where you're drafting, definitely go at the back so you can get a double pick. So if you're in a 10-man league, take that 10th pick and get a double pick. That way you can pick up someone like Isaiah Papali'i, Harry Grant, Gussie, David mm-hmm. Fafita, Jerome Hughes, get a double bang, like a really good second row and a halfback or a hooker and a second row, something like that. I think that's a really good strategy if you miss those sort of top five guys. Yeah, and, and look, I, I feel like it's top five, and then you maybe want uh, I, from there. Your next best is nine and ten. Yeah, big in time. A ten man league. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so, bro. The other one I want to talk about is there's whispers that Bateman is going to play lock for the Tigers, Ooh. and Sean Bloor is going to play on the right edge um, as an edge back rower. So this changes things a lot. Um, I don't think it changes a lot for Bateman and how we view Bateman because the majority of his points, and we'll talk about him soon, uh, come from base. He's not a yeah. prolific try scorer. I think it probably, if anything, helps him if he does get really good minutes playing lock. But what it does do is it completely fucks Joe Offangawi and David Clemmer. And so, I, I, I don't, I, I don't hundred percent think so. I think it. I think it definitely pushes more into the forwards, but I think Joe Offer and um, Clemmer are going to take the lion's share of the minutes. But I think it completely fucks Twal and um, Stefano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, yeah, you're right. But there's definitely going to be a healthy rotation. Well, it depends how they oh, use their, their their front row forwards. Like it, but they, it, it could. There was even talk of Fanoa Pole getting getting yeah. a start and all that sort of stuff. So. Jesus, I've got a log jam in the forwards. Oh, I know, and you know, well, you know moving what? Bate, could, moving Bateman to the lock makes no sense. Well, anyway, 
I, I don't know. But then, and some of the guys that have got in contact with us are pretty, pretty avid Tigers fans. Um, and so, you know, just I just thought I'd bring it up because there are whispers mm. going around that that could happen. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? You're right. That could happen. And Joe Offer and Clemmer could still be the big dicks getting 55-plus minutes. Yeah. But then on the other side of the coin, you know, Timmy Sheens could decide to go for a nice, healthy rotations with the big boys, and they all get 40 minutes just but to keep could, them all he, fresh. He could, he could genuinely take four, four big boppers on the bench. Yeah. Yep. Easily, easily with yep. the depth that they've got in the forwards. Well, even if not even break a sweat. Even if they take three big boppers on the bench and they've got, you know, a and they run with Simkin there to spell Abby Corusau, I still think yeah. I Bateman think is going to get I'll... huge minutes no matter what. Bateman's gonna get big minutes at Well, lock. I think I think Bateman so long as he's like he's match fit, he's gonna be getting close to that eighty mark. Exactly. Which is just it just spells fucking nightmares for any other big boy mm. in that side. And we did we did mention that and I did when I posted up the front row forward um ranks up on Insta, I did mention that there are question marks over Clamour and Joe Offengawi's places in that top ten because of the just the unknown with their, their minutes and their rotation. And you've got JFH and Josh Papali'i in the hunt, that if those mm-hmm. guys do slip out of that 10, those two will pop back in. So I just wanted yeah. to bring the, those whispers up because it's interesting because uh, it does, yeah, it does make you start it, thinking. It makes, those, it makes those first trial games very important to mm. watch, especially the team list and see how they actually rotate as well. And not only that, it makes you have a look at Sean Bloor as well. If he's going to play big minutes on the uh-huh. edge there, you just go, okay, hang on. This guy could be a nice little value play late in the draft. Yeah, especially, uh, I mean, he is playing on that right side, though. Yeah. Potentially. So the, we know glue hands. He's not going to really yeah. be getting too, ma- too much Do of the way ball. He, yeah. Do he? All right, let's get into these second row forwards, bro. Fafita's going to have a go himself. Fafita, oh, you can't do that. You just can't do that. David Fafita. Here's Fafita. Space like that, so close to the line, and it's all over. I'm the juggernaut, bitch! Let's get on with the rub down. Oh, fuck yeah. So, I just want to kick off with a few stats about the differences between two in the two RF, so locks and obviously your edge back rowers. Um, locks, you're just looking for them more of the same as you do with front row forwards. You want a good PPM, good minutes. That base power is what you're looking at with those those locks. And if you look at base power in, in the in the stats on NRL Supercoach Stats website, you'll find that in two RFs, the best base power uh, players are pretty much all locks. You know, they're all yeah, yeah. up around that 58, 60, the good ones like Murray, Yo, um, guys like that. Now, for your edge back rower, you want a solid base. Anything above 45 is really good for an edge back rower, but you want that attacking upside. You want the tackle breaks, the offloading potential, mm. and you want them playing on the dominant attacking side for your team. And then on top of that, you want a halfback that knows how to use that edge back rower as well. You know, like Sadece, uh, Moses, um, Dillbags as well, knows how to use his edge back mm. rower. Um, guys like that that are going to benefit from their halves and get those line breaks and those tries as well. That's what you want from your edge back rowers. So in the top 100, the stats that I did earlier on in the season, obviously you had to play 13 games to be in the top 100. Uh, there are only five locks in the top 100. 
There are 24 edge back rowers in the top 100, 13 edge back rowers in the top 50. So that just 20, gives you- 24% of the yeah. top 100 super catch players were edge back rowers. That's pure edge back rowers, not that's just two RFs, crazy. pure edge back rowers. So that just shows you the the difference between your edge back rowers and your locks. Um, and we'll talk about that more as we run through this two RF run sheet. Um, so yeah, it just just an interesting sort of little tidbit about the differences between locks and two RFs. Obviously, Wook and I, we prioritize strike edge back rowers because that's where you get your upside. So I would be prioritizing those type of guys over, you know, so Isaiah Papali, David Fafita, Angus Crichton, Lane, Firmer, Hudson Young, these type of guys over your guys like Murray, Yo, Yo. Joe Offen-Gowie, who else? Maddo. Lolo. Lolo, guys like guys like that. Great in your team, but pick them after you've got at least one strike edge back rower as well. Yeah. Ideally you'd want two the, the ideal structure is exactly like a buddy NRL team. Exactly. Two two edge back rowers and mm-hmm. a and a buddy lock. Mm-hmm. Get you solid points. Yep. And for like a, a team makeup like us, we only have two edge uh two two RFs. One a lock and one a strike edge back row is a perfect mix. Because yep. you're going to get that upside, but you're also going to couple that with a really good base power and consistency. And that, oh, God, jeez, I'm getting myself uh-huh. up and going here, baby. How much how much better is it talking about 2RS than it does front row forwards, please? Attacking upside, baby. The blood is flowing. All right, let's get into our top 10. So, Wooker, mm. how many have we ranked on the Patreon? Uh, so we've ranked up to the top 40. Um, so normally we normally for any um, 10 man league, you'd have 30 players going out. We've got up that to, to 40 just to give a bit of um, bench space as well as for the um, leagues like ours, which have uh, 12 player teams. Nice, nice. So tonight we'll be talking about the top 10, but obviously we're going to go through the categories. Um, and we're just going to talk about as many fucking two RFs as we can handle. We're not going to hamstring ourselves here. If it's two parts, if it's three parts, whatever the fuck, we're going to just plow our way through these big big boys and get it done. So number one, we've got Isaiah Papali'i, uh, fresh in the Tigers uniform. Number two, we've got Angus Crichton. Number three, David Fafita. Number four, Cam Murray. Five, John Bateman. Six, Hudson Young. Seven, Bo Firma. Eight, Sean Lane. Nine, Tino Fasua Malawi. Ten, Big Ryan Madison. Now, and we'll talk about why I've got Ryan Madison in there a little bit later, but some guys in the hunt, we've got Keon Kalamatangi, Jeremiah Nanai, Tohu Harris, Isaiah Yo, Paddy Carrigan. They're all sort of log jam um, between that sort of like pick 11 down to 15, but that's our mm. top 10. And at the moment, I'm pretty solid with it. I'm, I don't have too many uh, sort of problems with it. There, we, mm. there'll be an ongoing theme with this uh, podcast, this rub tonight, which is going to be Isaiah Papali'i versus Angus Crichton. Um, yeah. Wooker's going to be on on the fence with uh, Isaiah Papali'i. I'm big on Angus Crichton this year, and we'll talk more about that soon. But yeah, those top three guys. Yum. Yeah, and, and look, uh, even even to to a lesser degree, Dave Fafita, I think he's going to have a real good bounce back season. Yep. Um, but 
That strength of schedule at the back end of the season is just a bit rough, isn't it? It's a worry. It is, yeah. it is a worry. Um, he can be a guy that can be matchup proof, but yeah, with, with a strike edge back row like that, that you're going to probably have to use, you know, a ten to fifteen pick. Um, you you want those guys, and we've said this a million times. If you using a premium pick, you want them performing at their highest when you need them the most. And that exactly. is the final. So it is something to think about. All right, brother. Let's get into the first category here, and it is the elite. The elite. Best of the best. I got a boner. So the elite picks, picks one to ten, usually guys that are going to get around that 75-plus average here. Now, I actually think we've got Isaiah Papali'i in here, but I actually think from how I think these guys are going to go, Angus Crichton and... David Feeder could be in this elite category because I think all three of them will at least be over that 70 mark. Yeah, and look, I think it, it all depends on how the league, how your league operates. And there's always going to be people who, who prioritise getting a, a high value player like these guys over your spine players. Um, there's a few, there's a fair few of the, I mean, we did our top 30 recently and I, I couldn't, Apart from Isaiah Putley, I, I couldn't really place any of them with any confidence in the top 10. But um, I think that 75 mark, I think each of them can get over that. I think so. And like, let's talk about IPAP here for a second. 79 average from 2022. Most line break involvements by second row. Most runs, most meters, third most tackles, fourth most offloads, and fifth most tries for a, among other two RFs. Now, that is one hell of a fucking season. Uh, and the only... Playing devil's advocate here, the only thing I worry about guys that have that big of a season is the regression factor. And yeah. not only, and I'd be talking about a regression factor if he was still at the Eels. But now you've got the added bonus in here mm-hmm. that he is playing for a different team with a different system. Um, yeah. And look, he was playing for a, a grand final team last year who came fourth yeah. for total super coach points. Um, he was running off a, the hip of a bloke who had the most try involvements, the second most line break involvements for, uh, for a halfback in Mitch, Mitch Moses. He had a career year. Now moving to a team, 1,000 new faces, fresh combinations, running off the man, the myth, the legend, who is Luke Brooks. So if anyone is going to have a regression, I think it is Isaiah Papali. But on the other side of the coin, he's a beast. He's got oh, a yeah. 52 base. For an edge back roll, which is crazy, and That's I don't just care. base though. That's pure base. It's unheard of for an edge back roll. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Um, but yeah, what are you thinking here? Obviously, he has got the potential and the skill, everything that goes with it. He's the full package to do it again. But yes, it's, yeah, it's those worries for me. What's your thoughts? I, I, I agree. I think there's definitely going to be regression. It's about how far that regression goes. Um, I think the. The Tigers are going to be a very different proposition to what they um, they are uh, were last season. I think with the the guys that they brought in, Appy especially, but also the in the forwards, um, obviously Ipaps himself, but but also Bateman. I think there's and Clamour as well. I think they're really solid platform to go forward, and I think they're going to be more attacking opportunities than they were last season. And I think that will sp- that will mean less of a regression than I probably expected at the start of. Um, at the end of last season. It really so comes hard. down to Luke Brooks, doesn't it? If Luke Brooks Massively. can step up and use yep. Papali'i to his full potential, 
you know, not only is Isaiah Papali'i going to, you know, probably average 75, but you're going to see Brooks probably go up to that 60-65 as well. So oh, yeah. a lot rests on his shoulders and what he can do in this side. And you're right, the Tigers have to be better, and they probably yeah. will start the season they a little bit slow, but they have to be better with all the faces. And if they're not, something is seriously wrong with the back office. So, Yeah, I think, I think another thing is um, Brooks and Dewey need to stay fit because mm. they have fuck all yep. with, with no Josh depth. Madden going. Yep. they got no depth, no depth. Yep. zero depth, yep. like depthless. Yep. So shallow as fuck in the halves and look, Will Smith's good cover, um, but that's all he is. He, yep. He's like one week here or there. If one of if one of Brooks or Dewey go down, you can put a line through him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, look, the moral of the story, I think you pick him, you're not going to be disappointed, but I wouldn't be drafting him at that 79. No. Because I think he'll be disappointed. I think he'll be more around that 70 mark, maybe maybe low 70, 70s. 70 to 75 is probably where I've got him pegs. Yeah. But, I mean, I I wouldn't push back if you if held a gun to my head and said he's going to go 70. Um, yeah. If he, if he did get that 79, yeah, he's a shoe-in for the top 10 easily. Yeah. Maybe, exactly. maybe an eight, eighth pick, but yeah. And like we said earlier, you know, like he's in that group. You know, if picks eight to sort of 13, 14, where fuck just any one of them and you just got to back your gut. It's really hard to rank that sort of back end, um, yeah, between pick eight and, and maybe even 15, because it all depends on, you know, your priorities, whether you want, you know, a, a position lacking in depth or do you want to go mm. one of these strike edge back rowers or. Yeah, it's a really interesting part of um, of the draft there, and that's why I really like that turn pick. You know, if you're a yeah. ten man league, take ten. If you're a twelve man league, take twelve, because that double pick is is really uh, beneficial, I think, in the back. And end. you can kind of you can set yourself up perfectly for that third pick because you know what you're going to get with those two picks, and you can kind of you can plan it ahead of time a number of different scenarios and oh this is scenario number five let's do, let's do that yeah exactly exactly no i like it all right let's get into the guns guns lots of guns mr bergen do you have a massive erection this is picks 11 to 30 so rounds two to three in a 10-man league usually guys that are going to get 65 plus We've got Angus Crichton in this category, David Fafita, Cam Murray, John Bateman, Hudson Young, Bo Firma, Sean Lane, Tenno Fasua, Malawi, and our boy Maddo. Mm. Um, first guy I want to talk about is Angus Crichton. I'm all over Gussie's dick uh, this year. <laughs> I think that 66 is 66 is very fucking low for him. Um, he averaged 70 when he played 80-minute games, only scored five tries. They were all in the back end of the season. Uh, and that was at the end of the season where the Roosters were really humming. You know, the halves were settled. Kiri, um, he started playing on the left, and he knew he was playing the left, so he was settled. He started linking up with Gussie, um, and then obviously Crichton end up, ended up with a five-round average of 94 to close the season out. So not I'm not saying he's going to average 70, 90, uh, 94, but fuck, I think a five-point bump in his average is a piece of piss. So again, yeah. around that 70 to 71, like we're talking about IPAC with his little bit of regression, Gussie's probably going to have a nice little bump. They'll probably meet very similarly yeah, in I that agree. sort of 70, low 70 range. And then you've also got this talk about Sawali moving to the left to play left center. Mate, that left edge for the Roosters is starting to look very fucking sexy. 
Yeah, I, I don't know what sort of photos Jackson Paulo has on Robbo. Has, but, um, he's got something, baby. He's got something on him because, mate, um, I yeah, I don't know how he has caught that spot. Yeah. Honestly, I thought Suwali was an absolute weapon out on that wing and I, I, I feel like he's kind of going to be wasted and maybe get shown up in defense in center. Interesting. And it might, it might be that... Um, they've had talks with Suwali and it's Suwali's wishes to eventually play center and to keep him happy and keep him at the Roosters and keep him in the NRL, to be honest, because obviously there's union um, teams mm, out there that really want him, yeah, as well. So maybe they're just doing this to appease him. I'm not sure. But either way, that left edge, very, very dangerous if you've got Kiri, Gussie, Suwali and Toops with Teddy on the sweep. Fuck me. How do you defend that? Jesus. Well, I mean, it could be a tag team as well with um uh, with Manu sweeping across. The- oh, <laughs> stop it. Fucking hell. Stop it. Hands yeah. on heads. Teams are putting hands on heads just going, no, no, we're not playing. <laughs> we're not playing until you, you fix this. They, they all can't play next to each other, please. You need to go over that side. It's not fair. Yeah. It's not fair. Fuck. Um, all right. Who do you want to talk about here, mate? I know that you're a big Hudson Young believer. I know yeah. that you're big on Sean Lane. You love you love, I've yeah, loved, big Sean I've Lane. Loved, I've loved big Sean Lane for a number of years. Um, look, he showed exactly what I was expecting he had in him last season. Like The combination that he was developing with um, Dylan Brown was amazing. Just knows how to use him. Um, yes, in some ways he can be a bit lazy, so he won't get in there and do the hard work a lot of the time. So he won't get his um, his base stats up as high as he'd like. But my god, he gets the attacking stats, and when, with those offloads close to the line, it's money for a rope. Yep. It's it, it's unreal to watch. Second um, most offloads among second rowers with thirty eight yeah. for the year. That's very sick. See, by the way, some of these stats that we are punching out are from Random Stats Guy. Just rando, rando, our boy. Luck. Um, yeah, killing. If you have, if you're not following uh, Random Stats Guy, you're a fucking idiot. Go and do that you're right doing now. Something wrong. Yep. Again, career year worries me. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. eleven assists for Sean Lane. That's crazy. Can and he we, do it we, again? We've kind of pulled him back to, to earth. Like, he averaged 69 last season. We don't think he's going to replicate that exactly. Um, there is going to be some regression. We've got him pegged at about 60 to 65, yep. which I think is a bit more reasonable and, and well within his strike range. So, yeah. I, if, you're, if your finals, if your grand final is round 26 or earlier, he's definitely one to look at. Mm. Uh, if your grand final is round 27, he's obviously not one to look at. But the Eels... Eels Finals run is awful. Yeah, it's it's, bad. it's fucking atrocious. Yeah, so it's bad. you gotta you gotta take that into account ma- massively, massively for edge back rowers, you strike you strike players. Yep. Yeah, I agree. The, the one sort of saving grace for for Lane is obviously not much changes on that left edge. You know, we're still gonna have Dill Brown. Mm. They sparked up a really nice combination, especially towards the back end of the season. So that's really good. Um, I wouldn't expect him to get eleven assists again. That's fucking ludicrous. Well, the, there might there might be more of a funnel de- of attack down his edge, um, considering they won't have the strike power yeah. of Papali. Yep. So he he could have a progression in his score. Um, and his base power is one of the best. Uh, I mean, it's it's all the power. It's yeah. not the base. Yeah, but it actually is. Yeah. Apart from Isaiah Papali'i, it is the best base power among true edge back rowers. Wow. 
So it was actually better than Angus Crichton's um, mm. last year. And probably, you're right, probably all due to those assists and those offloads. Yeah. But still, that's what's in his game. So you've got to take that into consideration. Mm. Oh. Another one Another one I think is um, well worth a mention is both Irma. The, the, the end to last season, he went on an absolute blinder of a run. He, he outshone um, Dave Feeder week in, week out. Yep. Um, so I, I think he's definitely in line to at least get the score that he got last season, like an average of 65. Um, I think, yeah, the sky's the limit with the, um, the personnel that they've got in um, now in the spine at the, the Titans. And he'll be running off uh, Kieran Foran, and we know how Kieran mm. Foran likes to play. He plays direct and straight. And what that yeah. does to the defense is put them back on their heels. They have to man up in defense. And what does Bo Firma do, do really well? Runs fucking Punch hard. Through lines really hard straight lines and he did it all last season no matter who his halfback was um so i think he just continues that that's that's his game he's he's going to be really yeah. hard to stop close to the line and i think kieran foreign with the experience and the knowledge that he has in the game is going to pick up on that and he's going to use both firma often uh so i again yeah I'm, I'm with you man i think he averages pretty similar to what he did last year in that 65 what about his co to rf uh, player here at the Titans, David Fitter. I know that you're big on him for a bounce back year. Yeah. No, I think, I think. look, he. I'm going to talk a little bit about it later and do a bit of a comparison to last year and the year before. Sexy. I I honestly think that um, the, the writing's on the wall for him to sort out his contract situation for 2024, is it, or 2025? Um, and look, he needs he needs a big season. Um, and he's if he if he gets it sorted out, I think it's going to clear the air and he can play his game, play his football. But, um, yeah, there's a heap of progression in his score. I think they just need – they needed good quality football. The Titans never never really uh, worried about how to attack. It was the defense that was always the problem and, and retaining of the ball. I think that's going to change massively next season – or this season with Verrills coming in. Verrills, I think, is one of the bigger – bigger ones foreign's massive obviously but they really lack some direction in the um the hooker spot and i think all the signs are aligning for a f- another fucking breakout year for fever it's all pointing in the right direction for david oh, Fed, isn't, isn't it, it? it's yep. a contract year uh he's playing alongside a guy that he's played a lot of junior footy with with tanner boyd yeah and it, you just think if the, if this doesn't spell a back bounce back, I don't know what does. Do you know what I mean? Like a seventy yeah, yeah. average is. I, I think you can you can put the lock on that. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't do it this, year, if he doesn't have a bounce back this year, it's not Dave Fafita. It's it's the Carl Train Dave Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to be honest, it's probably time to leave the the Titans mm, because they're not using yeah. him right. It's another it's another could have been. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a big believer that he can. Yeah. The only concern that I have is the Titans running the finals. Yeah, that is. And so who have the Titans got? Um they've got fucking it's like Storm. I did have They've got all they've got all the all the big boppers. So just bear with me for a second and I'll bring that bad boy up. So the Titans have got uh the Warriors on round twenty three, which is a bit of an easy one. Then they've got Sharks into the Panthers, into the Storm. And two of those games Jesus are away Christ. as well. So, so three of the, the... Three of the best defensive the best teams. Defensive, yep. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, that's a huge worry if you're going to be drafting a high-value um, Titans player that requires a lot of attacking upside. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not as keen 
after going through doing the strength of schedules and having a look at, um, at at how they all lie, Titans players I'm not as fond on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's because because it's so hard. Like it doesn't get any tougher than that coming up against the the only way to be tougher if they played the Cowboys instead of Warriors in round twenty three. Do you know what I mean? Like no, exactly. So it is it is definitely something to keep in the back of your mind when you're drafting these Titans guys. Um, A guy I want to talk about quickly is Cam Murray. Now Cam Murray had a fantastic season, um, just doing more things that the Muzzer does. But one thing to remember with Cameron Murray is that he had that game where he he played for one minute, got knocked out, got one point, and that was Mm. put into his average. So you take that out, he actually has a 75 average. Oh, that's a bit tastier, isn't it? Yeah. So a 71 to a 75 makes things very interesting for Cam Murray. His PPM's perfect. You know, I think he's settled with the minutes that he's getting there playing lock. Uh, He's just getting better every year. But again, he does play lock. He doesn't have massive upside. And he also plays for the Bunnies, who have a buy in round 26 yeah it's like the more, worst position worst more, place to have a buy <laughs> oh more things God. to think about you know what i mean yeah so yeah but you but, gotta you gotta make the final dance though no that's, that's true the, that's, that's the big thing exactly exactly um now the last guy i want to talk about is ryan madison so he just snuck into that top 10 for us but mm. he was just an absolute beast 66 points from 56 minutes uh 51 in base 61 in uh base power so that's almost Isaiah Papali'i territory there with those stats. Um, he should hover in that sort of 55 to 60 minute range off the bench. I think they've worked out how, how to use him. It worked, and I don't mm. think they changed it, especially when you've got Papali'i, Stone, Niakore, uh, Kafusi all leaving. Nathan Brown, he's on the outer. I, I, I don't see why anything would change. There you go. So I don't see why they would change something. One, it works, and two, they just don't have the bodies. <laughs> so broke, don't fix it. Exactly. So if he doesn't average 66 again, I'm not here, he probably can sort of edge up around that high 60, 68, 69, maybe even 70, just because he has such a huge upside with those offloads and tackle breaks and line breaks mm. um and of course they're bringing him on and he's running at tied defenders so yeah I, I when we started talking about him you and i were like how can we not have him in this top 10 like yeah. he's a super coach fucking weapon the 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 skills that he brings to the table are just perfect for super coach so had to put him in there yeah no i, I completely agree it's it's one of those one of those picks that Look at without looking at last season's averages, you you think oh he played most of the game off the bench, blah blah blah. But um, look the the writing's on the wall with it. They they know how to use him. The short little the the shortish stints to play in the fifty four minutes. He's fresh when he comes on, fresh as a daisy. Yep. And those those offloads are there with his fucking massive pipes. And he's obviously got a license to do so. Like oh yeah, he's Inside. and you saw him last year. Like he was trying to get that ball off every fucking run. Yeah. Hang of a fuck. He's just like, I'm just getting it off. If if it if the boys knock it on, too bad. I'm just yeah, getting exactly. I'm just I'm letting it, I'm letting it go, baby. <laughs> uh, before we get in the sweet spot, I just will touch on John Bateman. Yeah, So Bateman. 2019, averaged seventy two points, had a fifty base, had a sixty sixty of seventy five percent, so he scored over sixty, seventy five percent of the time, only had four tries. 
2020, it was an injury-affected year. Still averaged 70 points. Had a 50 base. 60-60 was 75% again. Only three tries. The reason I bring this up is if he does play lock, you look at those stats and you say, they're stats that are lock, of a lock, not an edge-back rower. Mm. His game actually does suit more of a middle role. Um, so, yeah, he yes, he can sort of get on the outer, outer edge of a, a defender and score tries as well. But he is just a fucking dog, man. Like, he just wants to roll the sleeves up and get through the tough stuff. Make a fucking million tackles, heaps of runs, and go head-to-head with the biggest bloke on the opposition. Yeah. So I, 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 don't, I, I don't move him up or down whether he plays lock or edge-back roll. What do you think? Yeah. I, I, look, to be honest, if he plays lock... I'm more. I'm more interested. Could be sexier, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm more. The same. I'm. I'm genuinely more interested because I think he'll start to form a bit more of a partnership, um, similar to your Cookie and Murray. It'll be the Appian Appian Bateman show. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. Any other guy you want to talk about? I think the only guy we've, we haven't talked <laughs> the about. The only guy that we haven't haven't spoken about is Hudson uh, Young. Well, big turn average. And Tino, yeah. a bit of a bit of a chat about him yesterday. And you probably uh, draft last week. You, you probably draft him at front row forward anyway. You dra- draft him front row forward for sure. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, Hudson Young. I think it's going to be more of the same from from him. I think. Look, he we've seen what he can do. Fuck, he's a good runner of the ball, and they know how to use him at, at the Raiders. And I think, yeah, no matter who plays at lock, there's there's whispers of every man under the sun. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, I think Hudson Young's spot is absolutely sealed shut. Yep. Um, and look, I think he if he doesn't shit in that 67 or 65, I'm not here. Yeah, yeah. And you've got Jack White playing really good football, but also he's got a really good base. Hudson Young he makes over 30 tackles for an edgeback rod. That's sexy. So, yep, uh, I'm I'm happy to draft him at that average. Oh, probably got him a little bit lower, maybe you mm. know, 63, 64, 65, around that mark because um, 14 tries for an edgeback row is going to be hard to replicate. Um, but still, I just think he's an absolute weapon. Yeah, I, I think the fact that they've they've freed up a few of their front row forward spots means that there might be um, might be a bit more of an expensive game. Yep. So it won't just be the up and up and under. Get to the edges. Mm, nice. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's get into the sweet spot. That's your sweet spot right there. Oh my god. Oh fuck. Oh my god. Fuck yeah. Now this is picks thirty-one to seventy, usually around four to seven in a ten-man league. So there's a few guys here. We've got Colin Matangi, uh, Jeremiah Nanai, a few locks. This is where the locks start coming into play here. Toe Harris, Yo, Carrigan, um, Nat Butcher's in here. Kikau with a little bit of regression. Olakawatu, TPJ, um, if he can get some time, and Tom Malolo. I'll kick it off here with Jeremiah Nanai. Mm. Now, I've got, I'll talk more about him later but i'll just touch touch on it now because there's some stats here that you need to think about obviously a really sexy average there is 67 everyone was all over his dick in 2022 was scoring tries for fun 38 mostly base. mostly off kicks yes 38 base yuck mm. yuck in games where he didn't score a try he averaged 43 <laughs> now he had 17 tries to his name and like you said None of them were off kicks. That's fifty-three percent of the tries he scored off kicks. You cannot tell me that they're going to be—they're not going to be double marking him. Now, if there's if there's a stat that just screams regression, it's fucking tries off kicks. Mm. So just keep yeah. that in mind. 
because I don't think he's going to score fucking nine tries off kicks in 2023. So, And he's got fuck all base to go along with it. So in games that he doesn't score a try, you will be supremely disappointed in Jeremiah Nanai. And I guarantee you there's going to be cunts that reach for this bloke just because of the hype about him. Rookie, you know, debuting for the Maroons, the whole bit. It was just a huge, big fucking soggy Sayo festival all about <laughs> Jeremiah Nanai. Everyone was all over his dick. And just be careful. Just be fucking careful. Because when I looked at that, I was like, I ain't going near him. Yeah, me neither. Look, I, I can't wait to see where he gets drafted because he's not he's not going in my team. Um, he's fantastic to watch, but I just can't see him replicating it. No. No. I mean, and we're talking about like trying to get a base power of 45 for your edge back rows. I mean, 38 just base, that's gross. Yeah. So nothing for me. Um, who do you want to talk about here in the sweet spot, mate? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off with Kalon Matangi. Um, look, he's he went from strength to strength the last last few seasons, and his coefficient of variance has shaved off a little bit in the last three years as well. He's gone from forty one percent to thirty seven percent to thirty three percent last year. It just means he, there's a bit more um, of a guarantee of what you're going to get from him. Um, he went from a 60-point average to a 67-point average last season. 50% of his games are over 60%, um, 60 points. And, look, he's, he's a constant try-scoring threat. Um, he started off the season a little bit slow, but he hit his straps after round three onwards. And, look, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have the high, high ceiling. Um, so he only tipped the, the cap at a, a century twice. But, God, he's, he's got a lot of 80s and 90s in his scores. Um, and he's definitely a player that they, they do love to use. Um, close to the line, and he's he's a try scoring threat constantly. So he's definitely one that I'd be watching. The big thing there as well is you'll have Ilias, who is his half, um, who mm. is running off. Uh, another preseason, second year in. He's not going to have I those think, I think there's jitters. going to be huge uplift in what you get out of Ilias. Oh, 100%. And, you know, we'll talk about this to halfback, but it could be a nice little sleeper. But I think so, Oh, you would think there, there's going to be an uplifting um, Colin Matungi's scoring output um, as in for try assists and tries yeah. just because of Ilias and the more confidence that he'll have, he'll have coming into 2023. So, yeah, I like it, man. And to be honest, if just say for the top 10, you're going to go, oh, look, um, don't include guys that are going to play front row forward. Obviously, you take Tino. The first guy that makes that top 10 is Keon Colin Matungi. Easy. Yeah. I don't even have to think about it. The only reason why we have pushed him down a little bit is is purely that South's um, strength of schedule. Yep. So not playing round 26 is fucking huge. Yep. Um, especially when he's a, he's a player that you're probably going to have to draft in your top four picks. Yeah. No. It's, <laughs> mate, the buyers have really fucking thrown a span in the works. But yep, massively. Look, seven tries, I think he can improve on that. But what I really like about Keon is his base power of 55. Yeah. It's big. It's big. It's really big. big. Time. Yep. So I, I do like I do like Keon. But again, um, and it's it's really hard for us because obviously we have our grand final in 26. So every time that I'm looking at a, a South player, I automatically go into not touching him. Yeah. Well, or, or just devalue them to the point where I can live with it. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, so it's hard to sort of go, wait, 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 wait. We need to fucking talk about this bloke because yeah. you know, he could be. I had, I had, I had to bring him up because like he would have, he would have slid into those um, top thirty. I think personally, because I think he can easily, easily do that sixty-seven again. Yeah. 
but we just got to we got to take into account the strength of schedule during the finals. Yep, yep. The guy I want to talk about here is my boy, and he is my man crush now. Um, I do love Blake Laurie, but my new man crush is Paddy, <laughs> Paddy Carrigan, and I will have Paddy yeah, Carrigan in my team in 2023. Mark my words. I don't we'll care. See. I don't care how. Oh, first pick, fuck it. Paddy, welcome. Come on in. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> I just love Paddy Carrigan, and he gets me hard when I watch him play football. It's as simple as that. 62 from 61 minutes, 53 it's that, it's pace. the jersey, isn't it? Not the jersey. Not the jersey. <laughs> um, 26% coefficients of variance. Yum. Um, mm. And that was an injury-affected year, coming off an ACL as well, and still pumped out those numbers. And still huge output. Yeah. Yep. Games where he played big minutes, so sort of 60 to... 70 minutes, he averaged 73. And that's the sort of minutes I think he'll get this year. I think the Broncos, I think Kevy, I think they know how integral he is to this side. You saw him when he was out, how shithouse they were. Oh, yeah. That's how important he is to this side. Um, Not only the work that he gets through on the field with his tackles, his runs, but also his chat. Now, I'm sure we've all watched that video where he was mic'd up. Mate, he fucking talks. He is running the side. Yeah. Man, he's so over-talking good. Adam Reynolds out there. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So he is huge for this side. So I think you can expect some big minutes from him. Um, you got Hetherington is injured to start the year. Haas with all the in- issues off the field. Loss of Kennedy and Hosking as well. Full pre-season, preseason. Coming in as the man the Broncos need. I just, mate, seriously, 65 plus? Am I, am I mad? Look. Look, you want you on the clock back to twenty twenty. He he averaged sixty seven, had seventy nine percent of games over sixty points. Coefficient of coefficient of variance of seventeen percent. Oh, so stop you know it. you know what you were getting in twenty twenty. Can he do it again? You bet your fucking ass he can. I think it's this year. Second second year back after injury, you expect performance, and you can ask Brian about this. Brian Cini, NRL Physio. Second year performance goes up through the roof. Um, yeah. I'm sucking it all the way down to the Chewy Center, <laughs> and, and I'm eating the Chewy Center. It's done. There's nothing left. I've gobbled it. It's gone. Oh, fuck it's, all it's out of there, mate. That is gross. Pat Carrigan, come on down, Eskimo bro, please. I love him. I just yep. one of those guys, and we talk about this every year as well. I just enjoy watching him play football. So he just adds enjoyment to my Super Coach team. When I have him, I had him last year. And he's one of those guys that when we talk about Ruben Cotter, they're involved in everything. So when you're watching the game, in your head, you're just going, points, points, there's a tackle, there's a run, there's an yeah. offload, bang, bang, bang. Ding, 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 oh, ding. It doesn't get any better. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, I kind of like him, whatever. You kind of like him. <laughs> Look, we'll go from, we'll go from uh, one injury-affected season from an ACL recovery to another with Tohu Harris. Mm. I think it's going to be a lot of more of the same, but I think that he can increase his output a little bit. So his PPM last year was was 0.88. Um, he's, the two seasons before, it was over 0.9. So I think just that little bit of an increase, his minutes are going to be pretty similar. He's going to get an uptick of a few points. So at least three, four, five points easily. Um, so he's definitely one that I'm looking at. Um, throughout the throughout the season, he was averaging about the sixty nine to seventy point um, uh, minutes per game. 
I think there's um, there's going to be a lot more of a reliance on his go forward, a lot more. He's on captain his now too. Leadership. Yeah, not a lot more on his leadership. And look, I, I feel like yeah, he's um, he's got that dual um, as well. So that's huge because um, there's not too many of those floating around. If you're drafting him, you obviously draft him at front row forward, but he's definitely one that is on my radar. Yeah, if 65. If you draft him with that, you'll probably average over that, and like you, you're happy. So. You're happy yeah. as Larry. You are happy as Larry. Yeah, he's. I'm big on him, and with the news that he is captaining the side as well, I just think that's more minutes. He'll grow. He'll grow another leg. As yeah, well. it, they'll just keep him on the f- field for longer as well. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like it's 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 as simple as that. So yeah, I'm I'm on board with Tohu Harris as well. Um, who else have we got here? Nat Butcher. So Nat Butcher, 55 Ooh, average. Yeah. There's some sleeper value here. In 80-minute games, he averaged 66. And look, mm. even if you take out that huge four-try performance where he scored a million points, he still averaged 60 in 80-minute game, 80 80 games. So that's five points of value just there, and that's taking out the four-try performance. Yeah. Um, it was almost like Sammy Walker just went, okay, fuck, I know how this cunt plays. I know how to use him. He's great. With the grubber, like he cleans up a grubber better than any second rower I've seen. Mm. Um, Gobbles that shit up. Doesn't he? And then he's really good uh, line runner as well, close line, can score a try. As we know, just more combinations that they're going to work on through the preseason here. Roosters are obviously going to be a powerhouse. Their fucking strength of schedule is perfect. Um, If you want to get up who the Roosters have, Walker, while I'm um, dribbling on here. You've got Satili coming off an ACL, so you know that they're probably not going to go with him. But not only that, even if Satili was fresh and not injured, I think they would go with Nat Butcher the way that he finished that season. With a 55, he's going to be pretty low on people's uh, pre-draft lists. I'm going to draft him at a 60, and I, I think you're going to be pretty happy with that. Yeah, and I think he's going to get every bit of that 60. Um, so from round 23 onwards, they've got the um, – so Manly at home, Dolphins at home, Eels away, Tigers at home, and, I mean, not that anyone really cares, but Bunnies, Bunnies away round 27. Yep, love it. What a so run. It's a, it's a really good run home. Yep, yep. A lot, of, a lot of home games there. Yep, and so when you're talking about guys like Gussie and Nat Butcher for your two RFs, guys that you want to have those upside games in your finals, that's what you want to know. You want to know that their strength of schedule is good, and it is. So that's just another tick in the box for Roosters attacking players. Like we need it anymore. <sighs> yeah, baby, Roosters. So who else have we got? Kikau. Look, we won't talk a lot about him, but we both see a bit of a regression here just because of the fact that he's moving to the Dogs, going from a premiership, yep. double premiership winning side to the Bulldogs. Yes, the Bulldogs will be better, but they're not going to be the Panthers. Mm, yeah. Um, and he had a huge season too, like nine tries, 10 assists, five uh, last touches. It's going to be really difficult to replicate because he's not a huge base player. 34 he base. A lot, he, he relies even more than Nanai on his attacking output. Yes. So if he's not in those opportun- opportunistic locations, which I don't know whether the dog is going to be in there, um, as much as the Panthers, um, the, the, I mean the combo that he'll ha- already have developed with um, with Burton um, from to- uh, Panthers days, it's probably it's definitely going to help. But I don't think it's going to um, spell a progression in his score. It's definitely going to be a slight regression. And the thing is, like the season he had last year, that was four years in the making. 
That's four mm. years of pre-seasons and training and combinations and to get him to that point where he can have a season like that. Now he's yeah. starting from scratch. So just be careful with Kikau. Um, who else have we got here? Adam Elliott is an interesting one. So going to the Knights. Yeah, I, do, I do like Adam Elliott. That's good. He is, he is going to be, what do you have, 54 average? 54 average last season. And I think, look, he, He's obviously tipped to get that lock spot at the Knights, and I think he's he's definitely a player that hasn't been used to his full potential, um, either at the Doggies or, or at the Raiders, and I feel like the Knights are building to something. It might not be this season, but it might be next season. But securing Lockie Miller, the transition of, um, of Ponga, securing um, Jacko, I think all the signs are leading to a really good season. Um, they may not make the eight, but I think they're going in the right direction for once. Yeah. Yeah, no, he looks good. Um, he was unbelievable for the Raiders in some of those games. In games where he, he averaged over 50 minutes, he got 63 points. In games where he played over 60 minutes, he averaged 73. So mm. huge engine, huge output. Uh, and I think he's going to the Knights for a reason. They've bought him for a reason, and they're going to use yep. him, and he's going to get stuck in. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to get that 60-point average. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a mad believer in him, um, and I'm really interested to see how the, how the Knights perform. Yep. Um, and then we've got, we've got a list of... Um, DPP players here that will probably go in this sweet spot. JDB, 2RF front row forward. Uh, Aaron Clark, 2RF hooker. Joe Offengawi, 2RF front row forward. Luke Thompson, 2RF front row forward. Um, Jack Bird's interesting. 2RF CTW. Now, do you think he'll play on an edge? Uh, I think he's definitely going to play on an edge. Yep. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Yep. Now, he averaged 55 in 2022. I think more of the same for Bird. I'm not mm. big on the Dragons. I think they're not going to have a lot of attacking opportunities, not a lot of points in them, but no. I'm happy to draft Bird at 55. Um, Arrow with that 56, that's more of the same for him. Aiken, yep. there's question marks whether he's where he's going to play. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know um, firstly, where he's going to, whether he's going to play off the bench even. There's yeah. been talk of him playing off yep. the bench as a utility. Yep. You need some more cement. Um, information mm. about where he's playing, but he's a, a dual player as well. McInnes. Now, there's been a few questions. We'll talk. We'll cover the questions later on the question segment. But McInnes, people are thinking we're a little bit low on him. But the reason we're low on him is because we have to assume that Dalfinukan is healthy and is going to be healthy and is going to be prioritised with that 13 role. And if that's the case, and he sort of gets the minutes that he was getting at the start of last year, then McInnes is more of a 55 averaging player rather than a high 50s to 60 averaging player. Now, if Finucane goes yeah. down, of course, you know, he's going to get bumped up. He's going to get more minutes. He's going to be around that high 50s, 60 averaging player. But we have to assume that Finucane's the man there at the moment. Yeah, I feel like anyone who owned McInnes last season, um, they're just a little bit burned. <laughs> they're, yeah. not, they're not looking at him again. Well, we did fucking say this. We told you. I us. know, I know. We told you. There was always going to be a bit of regression. But, yep. yeah, I feel like he's going to be, at best, that 58 sort of mark. Um, but, yeah, I feel like there is going to be a little bit of regression. Yep. Um, I think Curran, if he can lock down some more minutes Oof. playing yeah. uh, lock, 54 is low for him because we know what he can do. He, he can easily be a 60 averaging player. So you, you could see it, you know, six points of value there. Does um, he still have that mullet? 
surely. That's worth you, a few points. That's worth a few points. You can't cut that. It's, yeah. <laughs> the, the, exactly. You cut that. You're like a 52 averaging player. Oh, Maybe in the like 40s. Like Samson and his, um, his hair. Already. 100% it is. 100%. <laughs> Talking about mullets, how good is Dallin Wittini Zelezniak's uh, mullet? It has to be the best in the game. It is. It is uh, At the moment, it is the best in the game. Sorry, it's, puppy. It's fucking Jerry Curls. Both puppies, actually. Meets fucking uh, the mullet, meets, you know, Miami Vice, meets. Glorious. It's just amazing. It's mm. so sexual. Um, Nakora, 62 average. Yeah, more of the same. I, I think more of the same from him. Um, the guy that I'm expecting to have a bit of progression in his score is Liam Martin. Yeah, I think okay. the the loss of um, of Billy Kicks, um, obviously with the um, the whole scenario with um, Crichton, I think there's there's going to be uh, a lot more attack down his edge than than there was previous seasons because um, I think they they can they can attack left, they can attack right, but they've obviously funneled a lot of their attack through the left because it's just been so freaking dominant um, with Billy Kicks as an option out there. Ghana, I don't feel like they're going to be attacking as much down that edge, and I feel a 53 average for Liam Martin for what he low. can do is so fucking low. Yeah, He is one of the biggest sleepers out there, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I do like that. Fifty three is very low. Um, yeah, and obviously, if you're a big Cleary believer, and we all are, you know, no, Martin's, I think, I think, Martin's his I think, man. I, and we're going to be talking about um, halfbacks tomorrow. But I think one of the biggest booms that you could have is Cleary. I think yeah. there's going to be a lot more attack down that right side. I think this. If you can get the first pick, holy shit! This is the year to draft Cleary. My yep. God. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. Now, at the back end of this category, sweet spot, so you're looking mm. more towards, you know, round seven, pick 60 plus, you've got some question marks about some guys here. You've got yeah. who's playing lock for the Raiders. Is it CHN? Is it Corey Horsburgh? Whoever gets the pick there, you can put him in this segment. Who's playing on the left edge for the Panthers? Is it Garner or is it Hosking? Yeah. Both really good picks. Whoever gets the Hosking, spot there. how good was how good was he with the couple of games that he played last season? I know. I mean, they've got a fucking decision on their hands because both players really mm. good, and whoever gets that spot, we all have to be big on them, right? So, yeah. Hosking Garnet question marks at the Dogs TPJ RFM. Who's getting some minutes? Mm. There? You obviously got kick out on the left there. Who's playing on the right edge? Is it going to be RFM? Is it going to be TPJ? Where is TPJ going to play? Is he going to play lock? Is he going to come off the bench? All questions we need answered before we fucking rank this cunt because it makes a huge difference. He needs minutes. Yeah, I, I think I think TPJ will be used similar to Madison um, out of the Eels, uh, but I think that it won't be for as many minutes. Which is devastating. Which I mean, is which, which is which is which is awful for him because his PPM isn't up there with yeah. the likes of. And of everyone's Madison. getting whipped up, you know. Everyone's talking about oh, the houses are getting trained down, blah blah blah, like fuck. Everyone's whipped <laughs> up about the fucking training montage that he's putting out there at the dogs. But yeah. I'm just not buying it. Not yeah, yet, anyway. I I need to see a lot more on the field from him. Than, yeah, than he's provided. Like he is devastating, and he has the potential to be the best player in the league. Yeah, he's got great hands. He's got a fucking. He's a monster of a human being, and he's got like skills. Like we've seen, he's he's got a little bit of a kick in him, and um, he's got a bit of footy sense. But 
he's he's a dead set flog at times and he needs to get that out of his game. Yeah, and he has come out in the media and said, you know, he is switching on and all that dribble, which is which is great, but we do need to see it. Um, yeah. I, and to be honest, I'm Consistently, just going to let, though. Yeah, consistently. If he was dual, I'm probably looking at him a lot heavier, but oh, because yeah. he's only 2RF and the position's so deep and there's so much value out there, I'm probably going to let someone else take him. And you can quite easily get a confirmed 60-point average, pretty much confirmed 60-point average, in a raft of number, a raft of players, and I think he tops out at about that seventy average. Yeah, yeah. If all things go right, so your 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 real benefit isn't there. I don't think for the um, the risk that you'd be taking. No, I agree. Now, the last guy I want to talk about is Teague Wilton. So obviously, Wade Graham being in the side is the death to Teague Wilton and his super coach points. But there are whispers around that Teague Wilton might get that 80-minute role and they've got Wade Graham as more of a Andrew Fafita role at the club. Not playing a lot of oh, minutes, okay. might not even be on the bench, just around the club. Do you know what I mean? So it's worth... It's based, based on what his output's been the last few seasons, maybe that's the right play. 100%. 100%. So, And maybe they use him coming through the middle. I don't know, but mm. it's just you need to keep Teague Wilton in the back of your mind because if that's true and it does come to fruition that he is going to play 80 minutes on that left edge, he's a fucking dog. He, we're talking about Bo Firma as one of the best line runners in the game. Teague Wilton is up there. Carbon copy of Bo Firma. Can run a line, can yeah. score a try, really good base. We talked about him all last season. Every time that there was a chance that he was going to get the start, for the Sharks. Yeah, we're all about him. He was a top waiver claim every yep. single time. So just keep Teague Wilton in the back of your mind because I love this kid and he's very super coach friendly. Oh yeah, he's got the perfect game for super coach and he's definitely one to keep in the keep in the watch list. And if if you see in the trials that I mean, one of the concerns is because because um Graham's a bit long in the tooth, he's probably not gonna play the trials, mm. I wouldn't imagine. Yep. So I wouldn't read too much into um, Wilton starting. They might put um, Graham on for like half the game or something on the second trial just to get some metres in the legs, but that's about it. If there's no concrete information about what's happening there and, uh, you know, by all reports, Wade Graham is going to start and Teague Wilton's coming off the bench, mm. pick up Teague Wilton on your bench. Yeah. If you, if you know that you're not having to get an auto-emergency... And you're not you're not really looking at doing a um, uh, doing a VC loophole or anything like that. Yeah, definitely look at it. Because if it you know if he gets injured, cops a knock, something like that, you'll have a sixty plus averaging back rower in a high scoring, probably top three, super coach mm. scoring team. Wow! And you've picked yep. him. Pick 16 or 17. So yeah. not a bad play. Not a bad play. But yeah, like you said, the AE thing is um, something to think about as well. All right, bro, let's get into the bargain basement. The battle of wits has begun. Well, that's the way bargain basement works. <laughs> I'm very aroused. So this is pick 71 to 110. Um, we're just trying to look at guys that are going to give you some value. Um, and with the way that the 2RF spot has been over the last years, you're probably not looking at 2RF in, in the bargain basement, but 
it's like we always say, keep your head on the swivel, be like water, mm, Bruce Lee. Yeah. There's always things that pop up. Value is value. So there's a few guys here I want to talk about. Kelma Tulagi. Yeah. So yeah, moving Manly, across to Manly. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it, I just don't know how Josh Schuster is going to use him. Um, you won't look at him. Well, he's blind. If he passes. He's 100% <laughs> he's, blind. He's, he's, the, he's the only blind halves player I've yeah, seen. So I don't think Kelma knows what he's doing. Um <laughs> Elisa Katoa, um, whoever's going to get that edge back role for the Storm, that's interesting. No one knows yeah. what that's going to be because you've Katara got that. Or Leora. Le- yeah. yeah um, Trent Leora. Exactly. Um, and then you've even got big uh, gurus got a hard on for him. Jack Howarth. Jack Howarth. He loves it. Could he, be anything. He does love big Jack. Um, so there's a few guys there to keep an eye on with the trials as well because I do like mm. whoever gets that spot. Um, Helam Lukey, very interesting. Yeah, because um, he's, he's injured for the first few rounds, is. isn't he? Yep. So, so nice sort of maybe even a hail mary pick like late, because you got especially with especially with um, Luciano they lure in the in some trouble. Barney mm. mm. rubble. Yep. So they'll be light on with edge back rollers to start the season. So you can bet your dick that soon as soon as Helam Lukey is fit and ready to go, he'll come straight into this side and play big minutes. And I like the cut of his jib. Big, tall, rangy motherfucker that can score tries. I love that. I actually thought that Lukey was going to um, have a breakout season before Nanai. So um, I, I'm, I'm so huge on Lukey. So I'm huge I. on Lukey. Um, Sean Bloor, we've got a sort of keep our finger on the pulse there about mm. what's happening at the Tigers. Um, then you've got heaps of locks. So um, some big boppers. Max King, uh, whether he plays lock or front row forward, he is dual. He's going to be around that 50 points. Same with Finucane, usually going to be around that 50-point. Plotter, Radley, um, Brody Jones, edge back row for the Knights. He's going to be around that 50. Jerbo, probably around that 50. Cabrom, probably around that 50. Mm. So if you're looking to pick up you know, a 50-point plotter that doesn't have a lot of upside. So this is obviously going to happen if you've shit the bed with your two RFs and you're fucking scraping the bottom of the barrel. You have to pick up one of these guys that you're pretty confident is going to get you 50 points. Yeah. Um, and look, to be honest, there will be a run on two RFs in everyone's draft. Usually happens probably probably at the end of... Um, uh, what, what do we call it? The end of the sweet spot. Mm. So between pretty much pick 55 all the way through to pick 90, there's a, there's one of the periods through there is when there'll be a run on two RFs. So you have to be ready for, for that to drop. You either get in early and get, get one or two, then you can kind of relax a little bit or you have to just get amongst it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, but be like water. To be honest, by pick 40, if I don't have two, to strike edge to RFs, um, I'd be upset. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that'd be no, not not in our league. Yeah, I want. Yeah, that'd be your first three picks. Two. Yeah, I just want two. I only need two in our league. If I get a fullback and a halfback and two edge back rowers, fucking fair play. Yum yum yum. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's go because there's gonna be that clump. Again, mm. around that 8 to 15 pick where you're going to get those real solid guys, Angus Crichton, David Feeder, Isaiah Papali. But then there's going to be a fucking run of dudes in that round three. You know, yeah. So picks 20 to 30, and that's where your, your Murrays, Batemans, Youngs, Firmers, Lanes, Maddows, Keon, Kalamatangi, Harris, Yo, Carrigan, Butcher, those when all those guys are going to go. And it's going to be like, remember how we used to say round three is the fullback round? 
Yep. Even yeah, round well, three is going to be the two RF round. You need, it, you need it by round three. You need a fullback either in round one or by round three. Yep. Yeah, 100, 100. It's that, it's that simple. Yep, I agree. All right, let's get into the Hail Mary picks. Hail Mary time here, four seconds. We're going to bet it off. You son of a bitch. I'm in. Picks 110 to the end. So punts. This is pretty much guys like Jermaine Hopgood, Jack Murchie, um, guys that are injured, uh, Luciana Leilua, yeah, Watson. Um, just having an absolute punt. Um, oh, Tarek, Tarek Sims. Tarek Sims, yeah. Tarek Catewell, Jordan Ricky. Yeah, guys that aren't very sexy at all. I would rather pick, I would rather pick guys that are injured than pick up guys like, yeah, Kafusi and, and shit like that because I just think they're for rubbish. Um, for super coach. Yeah, yeah, for super coach. Um, Satili's an interesting one. Yeah, Average 52 ACL. before the injury, the ACL. Yep. I, I don't think he, even if he does come back, um, like a, in a starting spot, I don't think we'll see the return to performance that we had last season. It's, yeah, he's, you almost put a line through him in, in my eyes. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just guys you want to have a pun on. And mm. Hail Mary is where the guru does his work. And, and we'll have a really good chat to him Ooh, about yeah. his, his black book when we go down to Sydney and jump in the studio down there. But like Trey Mooney, you know, guys, you know, yeah. there's, there's whispers about him possibly getting that lock spot for the Raiders. I uh, mentioned J- Jermaine Hopgood maybe getting that lock spot for for Eels. Guys that you just, you know what, fuck it. It's going to be a bench spot. Have a dig. Teague Wilton, jump in there. Guys like that. So just have a punt here. But to be honest, if you're trying to fucking fill one of your edge back roller spots or your 2RF spots in these picks... Pack it in, bros. You fucked it. You need, you need, you, to have all, it. <laughs> all, you need to have all of your starting TRF sorted. Close, around, close, the, close the browser, cancel team, leave the WhatsApp chat. You fucked it. Just get another you, league. You need, you need Redraft. to have all of them sorted by round nine, I would say. Yep. So pick, pick 90 to 100. You, yep. need, you need to have them all sorted by then. Yep. And I will explain more about why um, in the draft strategy. So... Mm. Oh, that's a nice little segue. Let's get into the happy ending. You want happy ending? I got a building. Let me break it down for you so you understand. I'll hold your hand like a small child. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Fuck, yeah. So, happy ending here. You know what this is about. You want happy ending? Uh, We just roll you over. Just whip that towel off, baby. Rub those hands together and finish it off real nice-like. So, the draft strategy for 2RF. Tourists make up a decent chunk of the top performing Supercoach players each year. So in 2022, it was 19 uh, in the top 50. And true edge back rowers made up 70% of that. So 13 out of those 19 Tourists were true strike edge back rowers. 10 of them averaged over 65. So those numbers just scream, get me in your side and get me quick. It's clear you need to prioritize this position. Before you look at CTW, get at least one of these strike edge back rows before you even fucking glance at the CTW. Yeah. So start looking more, at two or Way more bang for your buck. 100, man, 100. Start looking around that round three, like I said. You know, picks 20 plus, dip your toe in, try and get one of these guys. Like we said at the start of the podcast, good base, good base power, running on the dominant edge, running off a halfback that likes to use them, Chances of scoring 
is high. Those are the guys you want, and you're going to walk away with a 65-plus averaging back rower that week in, week out is going to pump out really good scores, but they're every now and then, they're going to be used nicely in the attack, and you're going to get those 100-plus scores. Yeah, no, exactly. So, yeah, I'm really big on the edge back rowers this this year. Um, it's going to be a big focus for my team. Um, obviously, you know, there's there's some position that need to be sorted in your first two picks, and it's not going to be edge back rowers for me unless I'm pick 10, 11, 12. Then I'll start looking at Crichton, Papalek. At least one of them. And David yeah. Feeder. I, 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 it's pretty much a certainty. If, if your pick's 9 through 13... It's pretty certain, certainly you should have one of those guys. Um, but apart from that, I'll be dipping my toe in round three, picks 20 plus, and just having a look, baby. Let's get me let's get me a really sexy strike edge back rower. I like it. Mm. You've been liking this for years, mate. You've been screaming mate, I've been, I've been, I've been trying to get you over the line with this. And yeah, you did a, did a bit of analysis yourself and mm. um, you finally caught up. Yep. Hold on. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm on the bandwagon. Let's go. Yeah. I'm riding this motherfucker strike, all the way to my third bars. championship. Let's go, baby. Woohoo. <laughs> At least I might be back to back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I'll, I'll win this year and then go again next year. Yeah, my fourth we'll back to back. We'll All right, let's get into boom bust sleeper. So just before we do this, I'll just clarify what that means to us because sometimes we're saying bust and people are going, "Oh, he's not a bust." Boom is just a guy that is going to increase his average from last year. Bust is just a guy that's going to fall short of last year's average. So when I say that uh, Damian Cook is a bust, I'm not saying he's shit. And he's going to be completely shit the bed. I'm just saying, I don't think he'll average 75 in 2023. Yeah. And then a sleeper is a guy that we think presents a lot of value in your draft for 2023. So Booms, who you got for 2RF, my man? So for Booms, we've, we've already covered one of them. So I think Dave Fafita is going to be a bit of a boom. Um, I think a lot, of, a lot of signs are pointing to a big uplift in his season average. Big question marks, obviously, over his... Um, his strength of schedule at the back end of the season, but I'll I'll dip my toe into a bit more of an analysis. Love on it. Oh, just down a tip. later, just for a second, just um, to see how it feels. Teasing us, I like it. The the other one is Mitchy Barnett. So mm. he's coming coming off the se- season average of fifty one last last year, and I think he can definitely uplift his average from there last season over it over at the Warriors, who we know like to use the Regibat Rollers. A lot. Um, try scoring threats on both sides. They've got a massively different um, team makeup. They've got Nia Kore and and Mitch Barnett on those edges now, losing Katoa and Aiken. So I, I feel like that it might take them a little bit of time to find their groove, but I think, yeah, Mitchie Barnett, he's definitely a player that I'm looking at. Yeah, 51's you can get him, low. Get him for a song. Get him for an absolute song. 51's fucking low for him, and he will be used, and he'll play big minutes. It, it and he's got, he's got a really good line run, and he, he understands the game. Yeah. Will he be what, – what edge will he play? If I had to guess, he's he's filled in a lot on, on the left edge. Yeah. Um, so I would say he fills in where uh, Eli Katoa – Played, which was on the on the left. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. If fifty one's low, near Corey's played a bit of left, bit of right. Anytime you're talking about a guy that can at least put fifty five, well, five points on his average from last year, that's that's sexy. Mm. Um, 
I'm going to go Pat Carrigan and, of course, Angus Crichton. I think Angus Crichton, oh, yeah. like I said, um, can put five points on. He's going to be around that 70, 71, 72 average. I think there's going to be a lot more tries for him in 2023 just because the Roosters yeah. are better and the settle, the halves are settled. I think that all spells great things for Gussie. Pat Carrigan, I just think he's going to be a more like a bigger role in this Broncos side. I think um, captain, more minutes, healthy, more time. Well, he's, going be, he's going to get back to that 2020 season where he absolutely nailed it. I think um, so. Got a 60, 67 average, really low coefficient of variance. Like he's he's going to be that really dependable, massive player every week. Yep. And in all honesty, if I could pick my perfect back row, it's Pat Carrigan and Angus Crichton for 2023. If I get that, I, I, could, I could miss the next two picks because I'll be somewhere else sorting myself out. Yes, 100. <laughs> All right, uh, busts. Who you got for your bust with 2RF? So we've already we've already covered both of mine. Um, so Billy Kicks, I think there's definitely a regression in his score. I don't think he's going to go terrible, but he's just not going to be in those attacking spots as much as he was at the Panthers. Um, and McInnes, um, similar similar reason to, um, to what we mentioned earlier. With Del, Del Finucan, um being fit again this season, Based on him playing a large majority of the minutes, there is going to be some level of regression with McInnes's output. Yep, simple as that. Like yeah. he's not going to get he's not going to get the um, the minutes on the field that he would have otherwise. Exactly. Yeah, and like we said, we have to assume that Dal Finucane is the man there, and he's going to start at thirteen and get probably more minutes than McInnes. Yeah. Um, all right, my busts, Jeremiah Nanai and IPAP. We've talked about it. I think Isaiah Papali has about, of a, about a five-point regression in his average. I mean, even mm. with a five-point regression, it's still a 74 average. Um, but, you know, as a bust, I'm just saying that he won't average that 79 again for 2023. The reasons yeah. are clear. And I pointed out that Jeremiah Nanai just scored all these fucking tries off kicks and you just can't that's – not a, that's not a concrete enough stat for me to, to go with him again and say he's going to average that 67. Does he average 65? Probably not. I think he's more maybe a 60, maybe even high 50s, depending on how they use him. There's also that second-year syndrome that's going to come up for Jeremiah Nanai as well. Teams have got a lot of fucking video on him. They're going to be marking up on him. They're going to know how he plays. They're going to know they're going to be kicking for him. He's in for a huge regression season, Jeremiah Nanai, in my opinion, so stay away. Yeah, I mean they're going to be double mark on, marking up on him in in defence, especially during kicks. Um, I think yeah, he might he might be the the focus of attack a little bit more for his running game because he, he is still a fantastic runner of the ball. But yeah, I I, I just feel like half of his tries have come from kicks. He's not yep. going to be doing that again. Yep. Is it? There's like one of the coaches actually says that. Oh, if you score off kicks, kicks, it doesn't count. Who's that? Is a the coach? Is a coach in the NRL <laughs> that says that? I agree. Probably yeah, Rick, it doesn't count. Fuck it. Yeah, it probably is Ricky actually. Yeah. Um. All right, sleepers. Who's getting value here for the tour of spot? Um. So we've covered one of them. Um. So Adam Elliott. Mm-hmm. So when um when a fifty three um average last year um had a fifty five average in twenty twenty one, but he he went up to a sixty two average in twenty twenty when he was used most effectively. I feel like it's going to be um. A move back to that 60 plus average for the season i think he's going to have a low coefficient of variance and i think he's he's going to have a really strong base he's definitely one that i'm looking at very very hard yeah sexy i do like that yeah that's um, really nice 
The other one is a bit of a throw at the dartboard. A lot of things need to go his way. Um, it's CHN. So if, if Corey Haru Naira can get that lock spot or the other edge spot um, to partner um, Hudson Young, I think he showed last season what he's capable of. We know what he was capable of at the, at the doggies before he shot the bed with fucking um, Ockenbohr. Um, but yeah, I, I I do feel like he could be one of the real breakout stars this season. Um, but a lot of things need to go his way. One to keep an eye on. Nice little punt. Yeah. If we if you don't have the info that he is going to start at thirteen or whatever, he is a nice punt later in your draft, just in case something goes wrong yeah. or Sticky wants to change it up and he they wants to use CHN. It's nice that you've got him on your bench and you don't have to waver for him. Mm, yeah. All right. So my sleepers. Uh, Nat Butcher, uh, just yep. because he's got that 55 average, and we talked about his 80 mm, minute average. Up to that 60. Yep, it's and this this just pure math. It's just math. So he's going to average 60 if he fucking averages 80 minutes. It's as simple as that. Um, and then Luke Garner, but we have to keep an eye on if he gets that left edge. Luke Garner's very interesting. Uh, I do have some stats on him. Bear with me from last year. <laughs> Luke Garner, so 41 points from 66 yeah. minutes. 80-minute uh, games at Tigers, he averaged 51. That's huge. 51 points at a Tigers in a Tigers team that struggled. Scored five tries. He's a great hole runner, moving to a double premiership winning top super coach scoring team, playing in a position that is loved by the halves, especially Jerome mm. Luai, and that's also the dominant edge for their attack. It yeah. doesn't get any better. This position, this spot that is either filled by Hosking or Luke Garner is prime real estate. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think, yeah, he definitely builds on his, his average from last season. We've seen that he's really good in attack. He runs great lines, good with his hands. Um, and, yeah, he, I mean, all the all the signs point to him having a great season. But I do think that they're going to be spreading the, um, spreading the love both left and right next uh, this season. Yeah. For sure. All right, bro, let's get into player and focus. I wanted you to see these player evaluations. What's wrong with Cal? I think he's a bust. I mean, the guy has hammies that could literally pull a car. So I will cover my player and focus. It's Angus Crichton. I've, well, I've sucked his dick all rubbed down. Um, but the main reason I love Angus Crichton is the strength of schedule. Because when we're talking about these guys, Fafita, Crichton, Isaiah Papali'i, they're all around the same realm. And like I say, when there's guys that I can't really split or I think they're going to all average within two or three points, I have to go with a guy that I like that's got the better strength of schedule in the finals. And it's clear that it's Angus Crichton. So when you just look at the Roosters' run in the 23 to 26 rounds final, that's final system, they've got Manly. So he's going to be running at that right edge for Manly, who we know have terrible... Uh, reads and defense. You've got DCE who doesn't know whether he's coming or going or Martha or Arthur. He turns his hips in and I think fucking Angus Crichton could score two tries running at him. Uh, then you've got the Finns. Uh, hello? Dolphin, dolphins at home. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Fuck, please. Could be a 150-point game there. <laughs> then you've got Parramatta. So he's going to be running at Moses and whoever his new 
uh, combination there on that right edge Tour F is going to be, whether it's Jack Murchie or whoever the fuck. Obviously, you know, there's going to be some issues there. Moses isn't a great defender at the best of times, so he's going to struggle with uh, Angus Crichton. We know how Sam Walker likes to isolate Big Gussie up against these smaller halves. And then to finish it all off is West Tigers. Now, obviously, the West Tigers are going to be a better side. Very different proposition to last season. But Roosters still pump them. Yeah. No, look, I, I don't disagree with that, but I think it's going to be a, a, they're going to be a bit more staunch in defense than they have been in previous seasons. And it's even you, better. You watch, you watch them prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's even better if they move fucking um, John Bateman to lock, which means Gus mm. doesn't have to run at him. Yeah, because he cut him down. Well, he just cuts every cunt down, doesn't he? <laughs> exactly. But yeah. I just, you just can't argue with that strength of schedule, and that's why I no. like him. And that's probably why I would pick him over those three. Out of those three guys, those elite two RF guys, I would probably go Angus Crichton just purely based on the strength of schedule. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue with that. Like going through those games, it's um yeah, it is quite tasty. Um, so my player in focus is big old Dave Fafita. So we touched on him, touched on him a little bit earlier. So he underperformed fairly massively last season, but he still managed to punch out a 50, 50 uh, sorry, a sixty five point six average. But he's linking up with his juniors teammate in Tanner Boyd. Mm. Titans have have completed their missing links, some experienced players in their spine in Foran and Verrills. I, I feel like all the signs are pointing to a great season for the Titans and a great season for Fida. He has to put in the contract season. A, a lot of, a lot of the, um, the bells are tolling at the moment. So um, let's have a bit of a, bit of a dive back, um, getting the DeLorean and go back to 2021. And we'll do a bit of a comparison between 2021 um, stats and 2022 stats. So average from 2021 was 85. Last season was a 66, well, 65, like we we're talking about. Coefficient of variance, pretty much the same at about 30, 35 to 38%. So you kind of know what you're going to get. It's on the upper end, but we know that he's got that super high ceiling. Mm. Um, his base is quite low for an edge back roll. He's, it was 36 point um, base average last season. The year before 2021, he had 38 points. But the base power is where you see the big difference. So his base power... Um, including some of the attacking stats for last season was 50.5, but for 2021, it was 60.7, uh, 60.8, sorry. Um, large port, large reason for that is just more effective running. So he had, um, he had pretty similar runs per game. So in 2021, he had 13.2 runs per game. In 2022, he had 12.1 runs a game. Mm. The tackle breaks is where the big difference was. So he had 7.2 tackle breaks per game in 2021 compared to four tackle breaks per game in 2022. So his running game, he ran a little bit less, but his effective runs were a lot less. Um, and then you, you throw into the mix the tries. He scored 17 tries in 2021. Only scored seven in 2022. And if he doesn't do that, I'll eat my hat. I'll mm. buy a hat and then I'll eat it. Mm. Um, so yeah, the big thing is the the less effective runs. Um, some of it was due to disorganised team and attack, and a bit of it was also the rise of Bo Firma. So there was a lot of a lot of attacking um, a- attack being funneled down Firma's edge. This is all the all the good signs, and these are all the good things. Um, but buyer beware, 
Um, the big downside that I see with Fafita is the Titans run home through the finals. And I mentioned it a little bit earlier. They've got the Warriors in round 23. That's fine. Then they've got the Sharkies in round 24. Difficult proposition. Then you've got Panthers and Storm in round 25 and 26. It's It doesn't get harder. It, you, could, you couldn't pick a harder round 25 and 26. And if your grand final is round 26... It's it's really tough, but he is somewhat ma- matchup proof, so he can still dominate. And if he's on a tear, doesn't matter who who he's up against. So it's a real, it's a real kick in the dick that fucking strength of schedule, isn't it? You get Storm, mm-hmm. the second best Supercoach defensive side, Roosters, third best, Sharks, fourth best, um, Panthers were actually fifth best, but all of them apart from the Warriors, top five Supercoach defensive sides. <laughs> yeah. Um, just even if you just changed one of them, you know, change yeah. the Panthers yeah. or change the Storm, just change one of them to a better matchup, and Fafita becomes just irresistible. Yeah, I mean, let don't get me wrong, like I've still got him firmly in that um pick 10 to 20 mm. mark. Yeah, he's still firmly in that, but it's just that that extra bit of oomph that Gussie's got over Fafita that he gets it for mine. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then, and that's it. It's things that I, I think. I think the ceiling with Fafita is substantially higher than Gussie. Yep. But I feel like it's just that strength of schedule. When you need those big scores, I feel like they are not going to be there. Mm. It's things that make you go, hmm. And no, that's- it is. It is. And look, if you're a believer in what Fafita is going to put down, and you feel like it's going to be another 2021 season. Back your gut. Go with your gut. Go back, with your gut. Back your gut. Honestly, yep. you need to you need to back yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think he has a big season, um, and mm. probably going to be up around that high 60s, 70s, maybe an above seventy throughout the season. But yeah, he's he's going to come up against it in, in the Supercoach finals, and that's the thing. Like when you're in your Supercoach finals and you're watching Dave Fafita come up against the Panthers when you need a win, and if you lose, you're out. And you're going, why the fuck did I spend a first round pick on this cunt? Those are the things you've <laughs> got to think about. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got to yeah. take your mind to that sort of scenario and go, right, is it worth it? Or do I just try and let him slide? And if he's there sort of mid-round two, late round two, that's value. I'll take him there. It's those little things that are gonna make the big de- you know, those big decisions mm. are gonna make the biggest effects when you when you need the wins the most. So yeah. all right, bro, big balls calls what are you doing i'm gonna go liam martin 60 plus i do like this um he's that to do that he needs to put seven on his average from last season which was a 53 i think he does that in his sleep Mm -hmm. um i think there's going to be a lot more attack funnel down his edge i feel like he's going to be better for the run in um, state of origin, better for the run with <laughs> kangaroos, like everything. Everything yeah. is just going to yeah. like feed into massive uplift in his output this season. Yep, he's a big boom candidate, isn't he? He is massive. I, I, I was, I was actually toying. I, I'm going to actually bump it up. I'm going to make it a big ball score. I'm going to make it 65. Oh, because I, I, I genuinely think he can put 12 on his average. Yep, that's good. And that's that is that is a that is a big swinging. Actually, and I'm going to change your boom to fucking Liam Martin. Fuck mm-hmm. off. Fuck off Mitch Barnett, who I think is a boom yeah. as well. I still think he's a, I think he's more but of a Liam, sleeper than a boom. Liam Martin, that's a boom. 
Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's good, bro. Yeah. I'm going to go Gussie 75 plus. Ooh, um, yeah. So that is going to be a nine-point increase in his average. Uh, now, a safe call is 70 plus. I think he does that in his sleep, but it's not the tiny testicles calls, is it? It's the big balls calls. So let's exactly. fucking put 75 plus on Gussie's nose. Up for a big one here. And we are going to go head to head here. Gussie versus IPAP. So every mm. every rub we go head to head, we pick two players that we're going to think average pretty similarly. And it's Gussie for me and IPAP for you. Um, I think that's a really good matchup. Obviously, some regression for IPAP and obviously a bit of an uptick for Gussie. Going to be interesting. It, um, it goes against my betting strategy for the last five years. Um, my main betting strategy is don't bet on either the Tigers or <laughs> the Dragons to do anything, either win or lose, because you bet on one, they'll fucking do the other, um, no matter what. Or they just play out the most stinking game against the Titans. He's a different and, and breed, this IPAP, though. He is. He is. He is. I do, I do think that there is something else with the, the Tigers this season, something something's going to click, I think, with um, uh, with Appy. Uh, I, I feel like there's a, there's a number of clubs that are really, really on the uptick. He, and he's just special. Like, uh, yeah. He's just a special player. Like, I wasn't I, huge I'm, on I'm him. I the Warriors. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't huge on him at the start. And then I started diving into the stats and I was like, most of these stats and most of the ranks that he's leading – are to do with effort areas. Yeah. Tackles, run meters, runs. Do you know what I mean? It's not like he's getting these points from, you know, 40, over the line. 40 offloads and line breaks and try assists. It's all from gutsy work. And the tough stuff. He actually enjoys playing front row forward more than edge back row. And that's an easy thing to replicate he, because he that's to- who you are. That's your DNA. Yeah. That's his DNA. That's who he is as a player. So... Yeah, I'm not going to – do I think he's going to average 79? No, but am I going to doubt him? No. I, uh, <laughs> we did that I, last he, year. He is he is more than capable of doing another 79 season. 100% he Or is. even going further. Yep, yep. Um, no, nah, it's a good matchup. Good matchup. All right, bro, let's get into some questions from the rubbers. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. You want answers? You know the question. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? I'm Ron Burgundy. We'll kick it off from, with some questions from Facebook. Now we've got top pick from Wilton, Alyssa Katoa, Lucy Leilua, and CHN. Each has some job security minutes concerns. So who would you take at a... So we're obviously looking at our bench here probably, like mm. maybe your first pick on your bench. Wilton, Katoa, Leilua, CHN. I think I'd take Leilua there just in case he gets off. Because oh, he's the best player there. And you know he's going to go straight into that left edge back row spot. I think, I, I think yes, he, he yes, he does. But, God, he's going to be still... There's, someone's going to be sharing minutes with Luki when he comes back. So that's my that's my concern. Um, and he's not as big a swinging dick as... Like N- a, N- Nanai. I think. Yeah. Not as Nanai, no. Um, look, I... That's a really tough one, man. It's, it's, it's I, I'm, Wilton. I'm, I'm, it's Wilton or Leilua for me. Yeah, I think I think Wilton's the better stash, to be honest, mm. um, because I, I think I this like season it. will be the the pretty much the end of um, of Graham. Yep. 
Yeah, and you look, you'll know more about Wilton and, and the Graham story as the off-season or pre-season progresses. Um, but yeah, it's out of those two guys for me. Um, be interesting. Good question. Really good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would win in a punch-up? Prime Michael Clark or Prime Carl Stefanovic? Clarkie's... Oh, I love this. Mate, Clarkie's an old um, Westie. Played yeah, footy. I think, I think he would definitely be able to throw him. I think he punches he looked, seven it, shades it, of shit out of Carl. Yeah. I I feel like Carl would have a few nice little quips and then he'd get knocked in the jaw and that's all, you, all she Mate, wrote. Please, Clarkie all day for me. <laughs> I uh, love these questions, though. It, yeah. Who are the two RFs worthy for a pick in the first four rounds of a 10-man league? I think we, we covered them. Um, you know, we obviously got those three big hitters, Gussie, Papali'i, and Fafita. They're going to be easily top 20. And then in that round three, picks 20 plus, usually it's probably going to be between picks 20 and 35, you're going to have a run of all those other guys, all those strike edge yeah, back yeah. rowers, all those really good locks. Um, and so I just think there's going to be a plethora of guys that start fucking falling um, in those picks. Yeah. Um, I've got one. Talk from Patreon. Um, oh. So one of the, uh, I've, I've just been answering the questions in Patreon, but um, I'll ask one that I haven't answered yet. Yep. Um, so Luke asks us, uh, why Gussie over Grant overall? Um, you guys mentioned upside, but Grant cracked a ton three times compared to Gus's two. I know, I know Gus has a higher top score, but as hookers are so shallow, wouldn't it be preferable to have the best hooker who can crack a ton as, um, as the tour F is so deep compared to it? He makes a good point. Very interesting. And with this, the, the new rule um, in the NRL, I think Harry yeah. Grant is going to have a little bit more upside again, uh, which yeah. is the main worry with Harry Grant is his, is his upside. And the reason why, because um, we're looking at past, like, so last season stats when you're looking at Gussie there and, and the what mm. he pipped the ton twice. I think he'll do that a lot more times in 2023. That's why we like him more. We like his strength of schedule. We like the fact that the halves are settled. We like this left edge and how it's starting to stack up for the Roosters. I think the Roosters are going to be a better team. They, you know, The Roosters started the year and just blew everyone away with their inconsistencies. I think they're going to be a top four team. All these things stack up to Gussie having a better season. Um, but again... Very close. Like we said, those picks eight all the way through to 13, 14, you can interchange them. If you think that, you know, getting Harry Grant over a 2RF is more beneficial for your team, back your gut. And I, I can't push back on it because, like I said, I can interchange six or seven guys in that top 10, um, or the back end of that top 10, because they've all got uh, things that, you know, I, I value um, around that pick. But the more that we talk about Harry Grant and this new rule and, you know, the chance that he will replicate those assists and tries again. And Storm's strength of schedule is very sexy as well. Um, Mm. Probably better than the Roosters. Um, It's interesting. A very, very good um, observation. But we do, I mean, I think we do have Grant ranked above Gussie, don't we? Yeah, we do. And... Um, look, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. I, I I do have Grant above above Gussie now, um, yeah. especially with these changes to the rules. I think mm. that gives him at least three points to his average. Um, that definitely, when you take into account the sublime strength of schedule that the Storm have, 
streets ahead. I'm even putting, um, I'm even putting him above um, Isaiah Pabli. Yeah, I agree. I think so, so. I think Grant has made it in the top ten. As as per the last couple of weeks, at the end of this week, once we do the two RF and the halfback um, rankings, we're going to do another re um, recalc of where we have our top thirty. So our working top thirty, we'll post it up on Patreon, and you guys can tear it to shreds. That's it. And shit like this, where we're talking it out, where questions are coming in, and we're talking it through, and that's that's what we want. This is what well, we I want. Mean, I mean, like, there's been there's been player movements, there's been rule changes, there's been rule clarifications and shit. Like, stuff's going to be happening all the way through the season. So, it's it's a fluid list. Yep. So definitely definitely point us out if we if you if you feel like something's a little bit awry because chances are it's only recently changed. And the other thing, there's a big chance that we've just missed it. Or we've, or we've yeah. just overlooked it because you know we're tr- we're trying to cover everything. We're trying to ke- cover every strength of schedule, lineups, ranks, super coach output, uh, projections. We're literally trying to cover everything, and having a fresh pair of eyes look at something. And go, hey boys, have you thought about this? Is exactly what we need. So fucking, yeah. who's that, Luke? Luke, thanks, brother. Luke. It was a fucking very good question, and you've just heard a live update. The top thirty. Welcome to the top 10, Harry Grant. Yep. Boom. All right. IPAP or Dave Fafita? I, I've... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so Tough the one. fact that... Okay, I'm going to say Isaiah Papali um, only because if your, if your finals are in round 26, you only have to deal with two buys during the season with IPAP. Because they they play their final buy in round twenty seven, whereas you've got three buys for um, David Fitter. Yep. Um, I, that's that's the that's the only, only way that I'm separating. The yeah, team. no, I agree, I agree, and mate, that's that's how close they are, really. Yeah. Um, because both of them have an absolute stinker of a final strength schedule, so it doesn't necessarily matter. No, no, exactly. Um, all right, why are you guys so down on McInnes? Surely he averaged low 60s this year. Uh, we talked about that. We're just assuming that Dale Finucane is fit, healthy, and ready to go. He's going to get the line share at the minutes there, playing and lock. He, he, it, they did show that when both of them were fit that uh, Finucane was preferred to start yes. over over him. So yes. that's why we've got McInnes a yep. little bit lower. Yep, 100%. Um, take a flyer on Luciano Leilua late in the draft or just pick him up off the waiver closer to round 12? Um, I, I would probably. You, well, your bench is your bench. If you've if got six spots bench, on your bench, if your bench is sorted, or if you've got an extended bench, one hundred percent. Take yeah. the pump. If not? you've only got four on your bench, taking up one of those spots with a guy that isn't going to play the vast majority of the season is probably a mistake. Yeah, especially with all these buys. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's a no if you've just got a you know four or five man bench, but if you've got a six or eight man bench, fucking why not? Uh, thoughts on firm running of Foz? We covered that. We love it. Uh, should I draft Fafita third overall? Yes or yes, mate. If you that's that's Donny, Don, <laughs> mate. You're kidding yourself. <laughs> oh, I love it. Wow, so good. Do it, you coward. Um, <laughs> Stop talking about it. Yeah, just do it. Uh, Natty, those silver highlights giving me strong Clooney vibes. Yeah, fair. Uh, Silver Fox over here. Mm, 
Also, the salt and pep, salt and pepper, mate, salt and pepper bay. I, I, when I, <laughs> yes, when I, when I first, salt and pepper bay. When I first, when I first had pepper, um, I had these, just these, Sheffield streaks. You know, just on either side of the temple there, just distinguished, nice. When she hit toddler, now I've just got full Clooney's. Just, I'm mm. just grey everywhere. Don't have kids, people. Seriously, <laughs> they either make you go bald or grey. And you haven't got much to work with, Walker, so be careful. Oh, I, I know, I know. It's um, I'm on a hiding to nothing. All <laughs> uh, right. I love these questions that aren't Supercoach. Good. Yes. Good gear. Actually, yes. Let's have a mix of Supercoach and just random fucking questions. It's good. Yeah. Good fun. Love this. Uh, where would you pick Cameron Murray, assuming the grand final falls on their buy round? Hard, bro. Do you just uh, not pick him? I if I, I personally I wouldn't pick him up until round four, which means you don't pick him, which which means someone else's problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, your, your top three picks. I I feel like you cannot you cannot pick up a player who does not play in the grand final of yeah. your league. I agree. I agree. One hundred percent. That is 100%. it. That is it. Yeah, because you got to back got to back yourself to make the grand final. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because if you get there and you're like, shit, Cameron Murray's been killing it for me all year and now he's not playing, you're going to kick yourself, you're going to kick your own dick. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, I've had that one. I've had that one. I think that's it, bro. Oh, wow. Done. Done questions, and dusted. Questions done and dusted. Um, so you've just got the cogs turning for me when you brought up that Patreon question. I think what we should do after we've done the positions is do a full um, podcast for Patreon questions. So only Patreon subscribers can have access to the question pod. And I think that's something special that we can give our um, subscri- subscribers. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, all, all about it. It's just going to take me a little bit of um, self-control not to answer them. <laughs> well, <laughs> so we I'll, can, put call, I'll, we put, can, I'll put a call. I'll put a call out. Yeah, especially. we can build up. Say, like in in next week or in a couple of weeks, we're going to do it. Start getting your questions in. Yeah, and there'll be plenty to to ask questions of because they'll have all of the the position pods to to digest and then come back at us with some questions. Yeah, and hopefully we'll have the answers by then as well. If not, we'll just make it up. As we always do. That's what Just, we always do. Uh, dribble and bullshit. That's literally our go. There you go. Put it on a t-shirt. Dribble and bullshit. We're the d- dancers of dribble. <laughs> dribble, dribble and bullshit. I love it. All right, guys, that's it for tonight. Big, big, big rub. Two hours. Um, I think I'm just gonna fucking post it as one big, one big rub. Yeah. Well, my my hands are tired. Yeah. Fuck it. Um, as always, guys, get those five-star sledges in. I think things are going to really kick into gear once Supercoach opens up, which is what, around Australia Day? You probably know more than me. Uh, yeah, it'll be just after Australia Day. Yep. Well, that's when it usually happens, just around the start of Feb. And usually that's when draft gets kicked in, in the ass and people are starting making leagues and, yeah. So get your five-star sledges in because, you know, towards – probably mid-February, 20th of February, something like that. That's probably when we're going to do the draft. Um, so a week before that is when we will announce the winners, but I'll have specific dates um, down the track for you guys. But, yeah, just for now, start sledging. Get into it. And, of I'm course, real. if you want to be in a league and you can't get mates, just let me know. I'll put you in. Patreon, what's happening in the Patreon at the moment? Good things? 
Yeah, well, obviously good things. So every obviously. week when we're going through the um, the position rankings, we're we're putting those out to the um, to the Patreon. But we're also at the end of each week, we'll go through do a rehash of the top thirty. So it's a working top thirty. Um, so then we can really hammer down those top three picks. And that's all working up to the big draft oh, cheat sheet, which is going to yeah, be sexy. Yeah, the draft, the draft chart. So this will this will be your kind of cheat sheet that you print off in a a three or bigger if you can, um, and just have that ready sitting by you. Um, Love it. Just it helps. It helps plan out your tra- plan out your picks. And this you is just through. the preseason, guys. This is just a warm up for the Patreon. Wait till we oh, get yeah. in the real season. That's when that's when shit gets real for the Patreon. That's when shit gets real for the stats. When you're gonna, gonna have in-game stats, you're gonna have rank starts, sits. Uh, you're going to have fuck. What else? Just a plethora. Oh, we got, of- we, we got we got rankings. We got matchups. We got um, <laughs> predicted scores. We got everything. Right. Um, Your one-stop shop. One stop. One stop stat shop. Mm. Um, but at the moment, we've also got the same. Oh, no, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> Marlo. Um, yeah, but we do. We also have the strength of schedules. So we in one of the first pods that we covered, we've got all the strength of schedules there, ready to rock and roll from last season's averages. So it's all ready to rock and roll. And as we punch out the pods, we'll be releasing the, um, the, the uh, positional rankings after that. Oh, you're excited. Fuck, feel these nipples. I... <laughs> Cut glass with those things. <laughs> Baby, it's going to be good. All right, guys, get out there. Don't be a dog. Follow us on all the socials. Actually, get over to TikTok. Have a look at the weekly yeah. rundown on TikTok. We're doing some good fucking things over there. We've got two top five drafts at the moment that are just going gangbusters. Our first one was our favorite jerseys, and the latest one is biggest NRL hits, which... The response we've had from that has been amazing, so we're probably going to do a part two, part three of that. Uh, so mm. go check that that out. That's really good. That's it, bro. Let's get out of here. Oh, yeah. Let's get out of here. Remember, there are many things a man can do with his time. This is better than those things. You're damn right, Wooker. Catch us next round on the Weekly Rubdown. You can take me now. I have seen it all. Get that in here. <laughs> That's all.